Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne of grace. We thank you that we can find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. I thank you, Lord, that you have given us immunity from disease by your word. And I thank you, Lord, that this is a germ-free, transfer, spirit-free place in Jesus' name. We can't get Rona. She can't have us. And we, we thank you because we receive you as our healer. So we thank you for that understanding and that privilege in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. <clears throat> Amen. So yesterday we uh, shared some things about <clears throat> making Jesus your healer. And I think one of the first things we decided that we had to make, we had to make up our minds that he was a good God. And, uh, you know, if, if you can decide that and not change your mind about it, everything's so much easier because you can trust somebody who is good. You can trust somebody who has your best interests at heart. You can trust someone who's not out to punish you, but who is out to bless you so that you won't be afraid to interact with God. You won't be afraid to ask him when you have questions if you don't understand certain things you know you uh it's always good uh, to stay open to what god is trying to teach us because uh, certainly there is lots more to learn about the lord there's so many things I, i sometimes i think i said boy if i could just have my mind and my heart open to god all the time all the things that i could receive from him uh, because I want to understand better. I want to know better. I want to uh, to uh, understand God so I'll have more confidence in ministering. You know, we, we have to give that word out to other people. And the more you can understand, the more you confidence you will have uh, when God brings people across your path that he wants you to bless and he wants you to help. So it only helps us more, and it will help you in your life. Uh, the things that you need from God, uh, you can have that faith and that confidence and that assurance that those things are already laid up for you. You know, not that they're, he's, he's somewhere making up his mind to bless you, but he's been waiting for you to believe him so he can release them to you. Amen. And that makes all the difference in the world sometimes because, you know, you don't have to sit in that dark place of wondering, you know, will God do it? Won't he do it? We went over some uh, scriptures yesterday, uh, accounts of Jesus interacting with people. And one gentleman knew that he could but didn't know if he would. And so these are ideas and questions that we will toss around in our heads based on what we feel not all the time about god but what we think about us because if you think about it the gentleman knew jesus was able he had power he had authority but his question was will he do it for me when it's like if are you willing that means because i'm involved in it you know <laughs> and we always look at ourselves as like we're 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 our big question mark all the time and so if we can look at it as god having a covenant that he cut with himself on your behalf instead of you having to participate and contribute anything to the covenant you'll come out a lot better 
you know. Like, uh, it's like this. If you're married to somebody and they love you, anybody that that would be his wife is entitled to what you're entitled to. So the fact that your wife entitles you, not the fact that you're you. Help me, Lord. Huh? I refuse to go across the street to the Y. You got me? See, when when I when I realized that, that set me free from taking things personal when my husband didn't want to do certain things. Because whoever would be in the wife position was going to pretty much get the same treatment I got. <laughs> Am I right, Poppy? I mean, is this English I'm speaking right here? Como esta? Whatever. See, a lot of times we make it personal when it has nothing to do with us. So you can get happy for real now, okay? (laughs) Quit taking it personal. (laughs) I mean, you know, after 35 years, you you can rejoice now. It ain't nothing about you. It never has been. You know what I'm saying? Anybody who's a wife or a husband, it ain't about you. Huh? Well, she liked to fight me. Anybody who was in your shoes would get beat up just like you do. Don't take it personal. Uh, once you get free from self-involvement, you can really live. And it's the same thing with God in his covenant with us. He keeps covenant. Amen. He keeps it. What do we do? We have to believe. That's your only job is to believe. So if we would spend most of our time building up our faith and listening to the word and working on our believing end of it, instead of do I qualify, what did I do wrong, why is it taking so long, you know, it's always personal with us somehow. We can never divorce ourselves from the personal element of this covenant when really We were never involved in the cutting of the covenant to begin with. It was not our idea. We weren't present when all of this was done, when it was set up before the foundation of the earth. We just stepped into it, crying out to God for mercy, and we stepped into a covenant. Amen? So what he is doing is instructing us in how to keep our end of the covenant which is to live by faith. Just trust him. You know, you're not going to be a good girl longer than two or three seconds that it takes you to start cutting up. Or your mind to wander off on something you ain't got no business thinking about. Huh? So it couldn't be about you. Huh? Huh? See, the great trick of the enemy is to keep you always focused on you, 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 you. What do you do? Do I do this right? Do I do? No, 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 and no. 
If it weren't for the mercy of God, you know, people do things that God tells them to do. Tell you go pack up some stuff and take it over to somebody and takes a whole hour out of your day. You would never have done that without being born again for anything in your life. You know, I don't do that kind of stuff. I mean, that's what kind of, is that the helps ministry? Oh, don't get involved in, no, huh? You know, I've got to pick up bread four days a week. You understand what I'm saying? Now, let me tell you, I have to. I can't worm out of it. I can't squirm out of it. I can't give it to somebody else. I have to. Why? Because it's assigned to this ministry. And with Derona running around and people locked all up and everything, somebody got to feed the poor people. You understand what I'm saying? I, I was getting intimidated. I was trying. Now, this is just show you how carnal mind that you can still be. You know, it's still it's going to be about you anyway. I was trying to figure out if I should use my personal car or if I should use the ministry van. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's where my struggle is. I don't know where your struggle is, but that was the hardest thing about it to me, figure out which car to go pick it up in. Isn't that terrible? Like those people really care what I drive, as long as I go pick that bread up and, you know, the people, Panera people, they see the back of it. They don't care what it is, you know, and I'm struggling here. You know, it'll get you out of self-involvement. But the fact that I have to do it four days a week does not bug me. I wouldn't think twice about not doing it. But what vehicles? You know what I'm saying? What do I roll up in? You know, the devil will try to get involved in it anyway. You can do your best to get him out of it and make him stop and all that, but he'll try to get involved in it anyhow. But we must know that God is a good God. You've got to be sold on that. You've got to be settled on it. You can't waver. Like You can't waver in your praying for things and wanting things, wondering if what it's going to look like when he gives it to you. It's going to look good to you. Amen? Or else you won't get it. Your faith won't work outside of love. So when you understand God is a good God, then you can love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. We don't love people who aren't good to us. It's very hard. And so when you understand that he's a good God, then you can fully trust him with everything. No more questions, no more wondering, no more hindrance, no more, I would ask God for this, but I've had so much trouble in that area in my life. I don't want to, I don't want to ask him for this. I don't want to ask. It's not about you. Little Miss Thang. Huh? It's not about you. It's about God seeing your faith and blessing you with the desire of your heart. So if anybody's going to mess it up, <laughs> he, ain't gonna, he ain't the one that's going to mess it up. It'll be you for sure. 
Because he's such a good God, though, he'll come around and fix it for you. He is the great fixer of everything that's wrong in our lives. What we have to be concerned with is letting things separate us from his love. Amen? Because the devil sure will try. He'll get us mad about, he's taking too long. Too long for what? What else are you doing? You got another God you're going to be serving instead of one we, you understand what I'm saying? You got something else to do? So once you make make him your healer, know that he is a good God and his mercy endures forever. Once you know he's good and his mercy will never stop flowing into your life, then you know that he will be good to you forever. Because even when you do mess up and, and it, it, it would count against you because his heart is tender toward you and he's merciful toward you, his goodness will start to abound to you even more. So when we're sometimes our roughest and the least lovable, his mercy begins to abound to us more and more. We begin to see good in other people because of his mercy toward us. We change our view about ourselves and about others. We're not so quick to condemn. We're not so quick to judge and write people off, all that kind of. We're not. It changes us. His goodness changes us. Because we finally start yielding to it because he lives in us. So God is easy to deal with. He's not hard to not hard to receive from. It's our consistency in this walk that's a challenge. Because many times we we get caught up in emotional ideas and feelings and challenges, so forth and so on. Want to quit, want to go do something else? Like what? I don't know. I don't know what these people that quit go off and do, but it must be keeping them busy cuz I very seldom see them return you know what i'm saying nor do they go anywhere else i'm a member at so and so and so i'm sure you are only place membership has its privileges is what american express am i right poppy That's right. That's what I'm talking about. If you want to be a privileged person. Uh, but if you want to be a believer and a receiver, amen, God will let you do that all day long. Amen. Amen. So we must know that he's a good God. That's, that's a foundation. It's always a good foundation. When somebody's good to you, you must be good to them. I heard somebody grunt and groan. Don't stretch my spirit this time of the day. What you doing? Well, how are we good to God? Think about it. I know we so busy receiving and. Shuma, 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 shuma. Huh? 
We'll think about it. We got to please him. Amen. Amen. It's like a, you know, an immature wife, immature woman, first get married. She wants to bankrupt the whole relationship on day one. Huh? Frisking the brother every time he comes in the house. Well, got him on GPS. See, back in the what? Back in the day, we couldn't do all of that because we didn't have no electronics, you know. But you know, if y'all was driving somewhere, some you leaned over like you was hugging him and look at the odometer. Where you been for fifty miles? Take you that long to get to work and back? Where you been? Huh? So an immature wife will just want to take, take, take all the time. Huh? And the husband, he don't know what's going on. He don't want to be ripped off, so he just live. He go in the basement. <laughs> he go live in the basement, girl. <laughs> Never to come out again. So the first thing you do when somebody's good to you, you're good to them back. You love them and you obey them. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. So we need to seek to find out what he expects out of us, period. Sometimes it's just to keep a a consistent in your life seeking God and reaching out for God. You know, try to develop some good spiritual habits in your life. Be open to pray for people. Be open to pray for yourself. Be open to study the word and and read the word and and use the word for the things that you need. We start doing those things and we find that God is really easy to please. He's not that hard to please. So when there's something in your life that's not going the way you want it to, the last thought in your head should be, What's wrong with me that I'm not receiving from God? See, because if you walk in an attitude of obedience and, and willingness to lay down your life, remember that in the, when we first got started? Huh? Living the crucified life. Lay down your life so that, that God can live in you. Amen? And so these are the things that keep the relationship flowing in such a way that you never have to be concerned about time, uh, distance, lack, finances, uh, not finances. You never have to be concerned about those things because you, you walk in the, the, the confidence of a cleansed soul. Your mind is purged. Of everything that that you think would hinder a relationship. Why do you take that attitude? Oh, it's not based on your behavior at all. It's because he says you're purged. It's because he paid for your purging. So all we have to do is accept what he's done and allow him to live through us. Not a little bit. And not every other day. But continually, consistently, every day, living through us. Amen? Because that's what we're called to do. When you enter into this covenant, it is you are, are, you're not significant 
to your hurt or to your harm. You understand what I'm saying? Your significance is always toward the good. Because the God who is good lives in you, dwells in you, and he's helping you to live the good life. What's that mean? That don't mean you whooping it up and, and you know, got cash everywhere and hot and cold running this and that. Huh? Jesus said, in your life more than what you wear. Said, girl, I got clothes you ain't even seen yet for you. Huh? <laughs> it's the truth. That little stuff. Some ivories, there was an old joke that used to go around years ago. I'm sure everybody's heard of it. That there was a, a, a gentleman that was saved, and he kept asking the Lord if he could bring I just want to bring one thing from earth. I just want to bring one thing with me when I come. And he had a gold bar, and the angels looked at it and said, well, why would he bring pavement? Huh? Absolutely. So the things that we value and treasure so much, they ain't going to make it through there anyway. You understand what I'm saying? But if they were the best the world has to offer, they would be very, very cheap in the eyes of God. Because he deals with things in total perfection. So don't let things get excite you. You understand? Don't, don't let stuff excite you. Because stuff ain't going to be here. Everything is going to perish. God's not going to destroy it all because he has a different vision for what this earth is in heaven and everything is going to be like. He's going to do it all over again. Amen. For his brand new bride. We get a new house. Now, I'm not going to go there. I would preach on moving in where somebody's living already, but I'm not going to go there. All I'm saying, when you get married, y'all get your own new place to live, okay? Don't be living his old place, and he don't be living your old place. Huh? Somebody who got a key might. <laughs> no, I'm messing with you. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? It's new. Everything brand new. Amen. Start off brand new. And God wants us to know that experience. Amen. New heaven, new earth. Why? Because he's got a brand new bride. You've been cleansed. You've been washed. Spotless. Holy. He's not going to put you in anything used now. Amen. It's all going to be new. Amen. It's all going to be new. So we have a covenant with him. Which means that we must take him at his word. No uh, cheating, no squirming. Well, God, I just need to see some. Just give me a sign. No, you got his word. So we have to know the value of the word of a good person or the word of somebody who's totally trustworthy. And that's what he's teaching us. How to value his word and and know that we need nothing else beside his word in order to give us security, comfort, assurance, faith. If we meditated on it, if we meditate on it, our problem is we skip over, we hear familiar things and get all excited in the flesh and woo, it's my favorite scripture, you know, and and all of that, and and you haven't really embraced and taken it in to your heart. And made it a part of you. Amen. Once you make that word a part of you, you won't doubt anything about God's goodness. 
I mean, even when it extends to other people, you'll start to believe that he'll put people in your life who mean you nothing but good. You you won't expect people to treat you bad. You won't be on edge around people watching them to see. You know. See, you lay that down for something better. He's not giving you anything worse. You mean God's going to have you lay down all your defenses, self-protection, your ninja stuff, your holy water, your rosary beads. You got to lay all that down. Huh? The reader's number. Huh? You got to lay all that down. Horoscope. Yeah, I don't read that no more. Uh, <laughs> you know the devil's dirty. He, you, you can do something one time out of curiosity and repent, and you know because of the way that they trace you on the internet, it'll keep popping up. He reminds you of your sins all the time. <laughs> So God said, lay it all down. Trust me because I'm good. And instead of sitting on the edge of your seat waiting for me to do something for you, trust me means just let it go. And trust me to bring it in the right season. Trust me to bring the right stuff to you at the right time in the right season from the right people. Huh? God can cause wrong people to bless you. Now, I don't want to live like that. I like having right people around me. You understand? People who who I can speak with about the things of God, people who will reciprocate, all that kind of stuff. You want to have fellowship in the things of God with people. But he can cause people who don't even think about blessing you to bless you. Huh? You know, sometimes uh, I would... I would always want to be able to share the Lord with somebody every day, you know, and then I'd forget. <laughs> yeah, you know, where you get these spurts of. But over the years, God has caused me to be able to know how to listen to the Holy Spirit and lead anybody into a conversation about God. I don't care what I'm talking to. It could be a bill person straighten my stuff out and. You know, people say things like, now listen, I wasn't always like this. I was the kind of person to tell you, listen, this is how we're going to do this. Amen. You talking to me? Right. Talking to me? But, you know, people say things like, well, you're just such a patient person. They say every day somebody, I'm afraid of this phone because somebody tells me off or, you know, is short with me. And see, it's no effort for me because, number one, I'm too old. I don't have the energy to fight with everybody all the time. Now, it's just not worth it to me anymore. I don't have to prove anything to anybody. But it's easy now for it used to be hard believing God for, you know, a soul to, to share Christ with and so forth and so on. But, but pretty much every time I speak with somebody, there's an open door at least to talk about God. To talk about prayer, to talk about encouraging people, to talk about 
you know, girl, I'm, I'm just going to pray for you because I, this is just wrong. You're working and, and people are sick and all, and you still come into work and you mean to tell me you have to put up with that? Yes, I do, ma'am. I sure appreciate you praying for me. I said, well, definitely. God wants to put a stop to that. And so, you, you know, it's just so many simple things because of the goodness of God, because I know God's good. I know he'll help people who are just doing their job. He doesn't want them to have a hard time. And so when you know that God is good and you experience his goodness and you expect his goodness every day, then you can share that goodness with other people without fail. You know, I remember a time I was so religious in my thinking. I thought if somebody did something wrong, God wouldn't help them at all. You did too, so don't look at me like that. Crazy stuff. Probably still do. Be free in Jesus' name. Come out. Oh, seriously. You know, we forget that scripture. He reigns on the just and the unjust. We just talking about rain right here. We ain't talking about nothing big. Talking about rain. So if you know he's good, you'll be good to people. You'll trust his goodness. You'll expect him to be good to others as well. You'll be more willing to pray that because you'll have the grace to pray for anybody, for anything. Amen. And you'll be able to understand where God's heart is concerning everybody. And you think to yourself, God, this is so easy to get stuff from you. Why do I rack my brain thinking it's so tough because I did this wrong or didn't do that wrong or I forgot my confession again today? Huh? You know, at midnight you sit straight up in the bed and your eyes fly open. I believe I received my healing when I prayed. I believe I received Got to clock in. He's bigger than your clock. His love transcends your clock. Now you need to confess the word for you so you won't forget it. So you won't start turning against what God wants to do for you. Amen. But that's why you need it. You need it for you. You need it to prove to him that you're a good girl. He knows better. (laughs) That's why he loves us so. I'm like David. Lord, you know we just dust. Amen. We just dust. So dust need a lot of help. Amen. So praise God. Amen. <laughs> Whenever we entertain doubt, now that, that's got to be overcome with the word. Whether it's doubt in your head or doubt in your heart, you don't want to be passive about doubt. The Bible tells us to cast down imaginations. Doubt is an imagination that tells you God's word won't come to pass. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So there are high ideas in our minds that want to top over God's word, want to master over it, want to make you think that word isn't powerful enough to get you what you need in life, or 
But somehow that you can't be consistent and faithful enough to see this thing through. You ever see your your answer down a long road? Well, that's a lie. Because the Bible says you can be healed at any time. So shorten the road, okay? See it happening so fast your head will swim. Amen? Because the carnal mind wants to fight God all the time. Your your carnal thinking wants to get engaged and start putting you on a, a long, dry road that leads almost to nowhere. Amen? Or at the end of it, at the end of 25 years, you get a little scrap from God. You understand what I'm saying? And and But you have to look at life in God every day. See, your life isn't really about what you're you're believing him for in the long run. Your life is about what you do for God every day, about how you relate to him every day. Is he your friend every day? Can you talk to him every day? Does he offer you wisdom every day? Is he helpful to you every day? Is he there for you, present for you every day? So if you live in the everyday of God, you won't sit on the edge of your seat waiting for the biggie to drop in your lap and being sad and disgruntled because this didn't happen yet and that didn't happen yet. I mean, even if all your symptoms aren't gone, you can live in a comfortable state in God. You can live in a state of peace in God. You can live in a state of contentment with God simply because he is there for you. So really, the life you live every day with God it is much more valuable and important to focus on than what you're waiting on him to do for you. Because you're really not waiting on anything. I mean, drama queen. Come on, let's put that away. Huh? There we go. Who Who was that? Some little opera chick, Camille or somebody. She like died on the couch. Then she got up and she died over on the. And then she died. You know, it took her about 10 minutes at the end of the play to die, finally, you know. And and sometimes that's what we do. We just, oh, God. Oh. 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 Come out, Jesus' name. <laughs> yeah. Well, God is there. With answers, with joy, with friends, with understanding, with all kinds of good things for us to get involved in. We got the fruit of the Spirit to live out of. Some of us never clock into patience because the minute it's like three days and we haven't seen anything big. So this transfer of goodness from us to, from him to us is necessary. See, if if we don't get his goodness transferred into us and start living out of that goodness, not the answer, out of the goodness of God, because he's good every day, he's good all the time, he's good to everybody. We need to learn how to live out of that relationship of goodness that he offers us instead of putting so much confidence, faith, and stock in one answer to one prayer. That we feel is so important to us. You know, the devil even lied to you and tell you, oh, Lena, saints is waiting to see when that's going to happen, you know. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, sister so-and-so, oh, yeah, she she tried to act like she's your friend. You know, she come up trying to bless you all the time. But she waiting to see if you really got enough faith to get this. Really? <laughs> huh? You crumble? You know, you even see people, you know, oh, yeah, when your, when your blessing come in, all the people in the church going to be able to see it. Really? You think that's what everybody in here comes for? Huh? But it'll shock you how the devil deceives people. Like their life is so on display. Listen, the Bible says we are open epistles known and read of all men. In other words, the saints got you each other's number. My number is I'm struggling to get to know God just like you are. We all reside at the same address. Huh? If you get there first, please show me how to weigh. Huh? I'm rooting for somebody to get there. Huh? <laughs> so when you lay down your life, you lay down everything. That little demon that likes to tell you everybody's watching you and you got to... Or you want to be the first to do everything. I used to go through that. The first one in the family. Huh? Devil wants you to be the first to do hard time. Huh? He'll get you twisted around and screwed up so bad. You better lay that down. You find things rising up in you, telling you people are watching you, and you got to do this, and you got to be the first, and you got to be the best, and. We did that in the world. When you got saved, you got delivered from all that nonsense. So you can comfortably lay your life down and be just an average believer. Amen. And be happy right there. Just because you're on social media, that don't mean all them people like you. Most of them don't know who you are. You know, I'll be looking at stuff. I said, who is this? And I said, oh, I'll click like and get it. I'll just go to the next thing. <laughs> yes, yes. So trusting God's word is very, very important. I'll find you an example. I think Matthew 8. Start in verse 5. When Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came to him a centurion, besieging him and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy. In other words, he wasn't a Jew. He didn't know anything about the word, about Jewish customs. But he had faith. See, this is this will mess your head up about denominations. Catholics have faith. Pentecostals have faith. Baptists have faith. You know, there's faith everywhere where God's word is spoken. And and even when if they don't get it from their church, they can acquire faith in God just by hearing his word and seeking him. Amen. 
And so this man, but he disqualifies himself. Woo! Ah! Now that's a key if you ever saw one. He disqualifies himself. You know how many Christians still get held up on worthy or not worthy? If you didn't, you know, give as much as you usually give, then the devil haunts you about worthy. Well, you can't expect God to do anything. I mean, you didn't do what you're supposed to do. See, he disqualified himself. See, the way you disqualify yourself is you never qualify yourself to begin with. See, if you give, you give because the word instructs you to, and you're not doing anything other than what's expected. So you're not extraordinary in any way, so you don't qualify based on your giving. Bart, you mean to tell me? Wherever we go, they tell us if we don't give, we don't get. Can't afford not to give. Jesus commended a widow who gave less than anybody. And he called the rest of them cheapskates. Huh? He said, y'all giving out of your an excess. In other words, once you get for you, for your cousin, for Amy, to put in the bank, to put a little here, put a little there, put a little there, and then what's left you give to God. He said, you cheapskate. You don't even have an understanding of how much you need God beyond your material possessions. You give because you love him. And for no other reason. And you're only doing what's what's expected. So disqualify yourself based on your behavior, your obedience, what you did right, what you did wrong. I, I was listening to somebody that this person had received a healing from God. They were they were very sick, had cancer. And this person was a pastor's wife. And she said this. She said, when I, when I first got the diagnosis, she said, and I was just here with myself and God, and I was thinking to myself, God, have I been faithful? God, have I been faithful to church, prayed, done what I was supposed to do, and all that? Now, really, if you... Now, I, when I first heard it, I said, well, that seems kind of normal to do. Most people take an inventory of their lives or, you know, something's between you and God. But it just didn't come across right to me. And really, at the end of it, I kind of had the impression that she was thinking she merited her healing based on whether or not she'd done what God told her to do. Now, see, that's all good, but that's just expected. 
That won't earn you a healing. That won't earn you anything. What she should have been saying is, God, forgive me for even bringing that up. And let me give, let me find out from you what I need to do so I can build my faith so I can get this cancer out of my body. You understand what I'm saying? So if you can disqualify yourself, see, you can qualify yourself and try to, but that won't help you. Because there's no way you can qualify for what Jesus paid for with his blood. All you can do is be a humble, grateful recipient. Find out what you need to do to, to strengthen your faith so you don't miss it. Stay open to what God might show you to do. But stay with him because he's the healer. Keep company with him because he's the healer. Be honest with him because he's the healer. So the centurion tells Jesus, he says, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. He said, but you know what? If you'll speak that word, then I know my servant will be healed. So instead of this man trying to figure out how to become worthy, he figured out how to get Jesus to do it even with him not being worthy. See, that's where we need to spend our time. Is how do I get God's mercy in my life? How do I get his healing power in my life without being worthy? How? That worthy is a big part of everything in my life. (laughs) Don't take that away from me. You'd be better off without it. But if you can throw yourself on the mercy of God's court... Any criminal will tell you that much. Well, I got enough money for bail. They'll bond me out, but they still got a lot of evidence against me. So right away they start going around being nice to everybody. You know, making making friends with your unrighteous mammon, whatever you need to do. You got me? And get enough confidence to go in and ask for mercy. Amen. Yeah, that's when the the uh, uh, man, man, and Babra and all them. That's when they go find Annie. You know, <laughs> the crazy Annie that stay in church all the time. Huh? Remember Aunt Esther coming in there to Fred with his, her tambourine? Oh, Fred Sanford. Huh? Huh? Right. It's one of them in every family. God places them in every family. Amen. So that's the bailout person. Oh, Junior, you ain't going to jail. We gonna pray for you. Huh? Jesus gonna help you. Huh? And over and over again, God has mercy. And they don't qualify. So if they don't have to qualify, we don't have to qualify. If we can take ourselves out of it as earning anything or when we mess up, losing anything, just make sure you repent and get that. Stay in relationship with God. 
He's a good God. You need to want to stay in relationship with him. Always cultivate that relationship where you don't hide anything from him. You're not trying to keep anything under wraps. You're not trying to figure out how to move him to do something for you. Because he's already done everything he's going to do for us. He's already motivated. So our behavior, our good behavior or bad behavior, won't motivate him one way or the other. So the centurion, though, has done something that many times we don't do, even as believers. He's done something to his credit. What did he do? What did he say? What did he tell Jesus? Read it to me, little girl. Hello? Yeah. What am I, invisible all of a sudden? What am I over at the, I am over at the YMCA. See, this is why, this is why I don't go on television, television. Because, see, y'all wouldn't do this to T.D. Jakes. Y'all be just, <laughs> yes, sir, yes, bishop. <laughs> y'all wouldn't leave him out there in the cold like that. What did he say? He says, don't bother to come into my dirty house. We sinners over there. We ain't worth it. And I don't want to really upset you and turn you off once you see that. But he says, just speak the word only. He had taken the time to watch Jesus. And figure out how he worked. Everybody with a healing ministry goes that route. Take the time to figure out how Jesus works and make sure you obey those laws. So he'd watched him for a while. He said, now wait a minute. It's not so much him touching, even though he Laid hands on the sick, and that's a Bible way to do it. He said, that's not all that's going on here. So when you can get beyond the superficial of understanding God and meditate until the Holy Spirit gives you revelation and understanding on what he's going to do for you and how it's going to get done, then you're over on the revelation side of relationship with God. And that's the place where believers are. We're supposed to live in the revelation of God. We're not supposed to live in the gimme, gimme, wait, wait, gimme, gimme, wait, wait. We're supposed to live in the revelation of how these things happen. And he said, now, wait a minute. I know how this guy does his stuff. He says, because I have experienced God won't take you beyond your realm of comfort and understanding. He'll bring it down, make it real plain to you. To bring you understanding of how these things, how spiritual things really happen. And that's what we need to know. That's what we're here for. Is to understand how spiritual things really happen. Not just wait for somebody to get healed. We get oh, excited. Huh? But you want to be the happening. 
See, once you understand how they happen, then you're the happening. Amen. And so this man says something. He said, you know what? I understand this man. He said, because authority works like clockwork. It never fails. Because authority comes from somewhere that never fails. And as long as you're under authority that's under authority that never fails, you have authority. Uh And so he he told him, he said, you know what, just just say the word. Because I understand that, that you're a man under authority. In other words, there's somebody bigger than you working through you that's causing you to be able to do. Because you're not just a mere man. But you're connected in authority to somebody. When God anoints you. That's the connection. You have authority over all the works of the enemy. But you got to believe it. And you got to exercise it. There's no good you going around telling people you're anointed and they never see any evidence of it. You know. God will prove himself to you. If you, you get honest with God and say you know what God I haven't seen this and I haven't seen that and I just see it in the Bible and I just you know (laughs) curious about it want to you know what I'm saying we like to fish around and understand more about our believers ministry and once we begin to understand then we can go out and exercise what we believe or what we say we believe and then when 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 he confirms it with a sign following, then we know we have something. So here the centurion is stepping out in faith, believing, believing that God is, that Jesus works under authority, just like he works under authority. He said, nobody bucks up against me because Caesar is the biggest Caesar. I'll have them killed and they know it. And so they have to do what I tell them to do. And so this gentleman said, you know, just just release your word and my servant will be healed because of this authority principle. And many times we we want to believe God for things. Like if you you have pain and you speak to it. That pain's got to leave at some point. You command it to leave, it's got to leave at some point. But it's not going anywhere if you keep feeding it Tylenol. Not throwing no shade on nobody. No, you just don't let me take your little You can have them. I ain't gonna fight you over them. I, I wouldn't even go there. Not even a little bit. Or your C B D oil. They got that stuff now. Oh, that'll make you hide. Now, this ain't the kind that make you hide. Huh? But at some point, the Holy Spirit will give you an unction to put these things into operation. You don't just live with pain. Because he'll bring his brother with him. See, for a believer, that's definitely a no-no. 
You don't tolerate certain things. And if we're called to lay hands on the sick and the sick recover, why shouldn't it start with us? With our own bodies, with your family members, those in the household with you. See, once you start speaking to things, it's like this. You know, when you first speak to something, if it's the first time you've done it, it might not move. Or it won't move right away. Or it'll try to mess your head up to get you to think it's not going anywhere. And see, God will allow this to happen because he wants more than anything for you to perfect this ministry that he's left with us down here. He doesn't want us to just go to church, come home, go to church, come home, go to church, come home, unchanged, and and, and we never step out in faith with his word And do what the words have dominion the way he wants us to have it. He said that we are to have dominion for good over the earth. We're to rule it. We're to master it. We're to make everything come into divine order around us. And so God will start you off where he can start you. For many people, it's a consistent prayer life. That's why we have assignments of prayer. That's why we're assigned to to exercise our faith that way. And then at some point, that same faith that you exercise when you pray or when you read the prayer off or however we do it, it starts to grow in your heart. And pretty soon you've got something in there. That's what the centurion did. He began to exercise what he knew about Jesus and relate it to everyday life that he lived. And he found a connection there with him. And see, for everybody who wants to understand spiritual things, God will find a way for you to connect into it so that you can understand it. And then you can be operational in the earth for him. Amen? But you can't be real busy. You can lay down your life. You can't have all this stuff going on where you got to love him back. you got to have time for him. You have to have time to obey him. And time to get understanding of his word. So the centurion saw he could trust Jesus' word. Jesus would have come. But he disqualified himself. Centurions were very powerful people. Amen. They had a, a, a contingent of 100 men. Under their command. Would Jesus have been coming because this man had power? Or would he have been coming because this man had faith? And so instead of him getting them confused, he let it be on the basis of his faith. Amen. I'm not trying to pull any strings. I'm not trying to wield any authority. He humbled himself, disqualified himself. So that when Jesus spoke the word, his servant would be healed and he would know that Jesus was under authority that helped his servant and wasn't just coming there because of who he was. Amen. And so we have to take ourselves off of the importance list. If you're going to receive anything from God, you have to disqualify yourself as being worthy, as earning anything. Is doing everything right enough so that God can bless you? 
so he's able to trust his word. The only thing that's necessary for us to be healed is faith. We must believe God. So faith comes by hearing, hearing the word, healing scriptures. Oftentimes testimonies will inspire us to use our faith. It's amazing somehow how testimonies stir your faith up and activate it to be used by God. Because the testimony, the spirit of prophecy is on testimony. So that word then becomes stronger in you than it would be just reading it in the Bible. Many times you need to see where somebody has received something from God. I like testimonies because they do inspire people, encourage people. But testimony in itself is not enough for you to run off and get everything you need from God. You need to meditate on the word yourself until that word is hidden in your heart. Once it's hidden in your heart, it cannot be taken out, not very easily, unless you just decide you don't want to serve God anymore. But it's amazing how that word can be reactivated. You know, the word of God, if it's ever been alive in you, it's like a a, a, a burning ember, a little fire that's almost out. All it needs is somebody to come and fan those flames, and that flame will come back to life again. Amen. And we need to thank God for that. Amen. Because that's how he says he can save us to the uttermost. We're never away that far away from him that he can't reach us. He can't touch us and bring us back into relationship with him. So it's a good thing that in when life starts to pile up on you and you're not sure if you're coming or going. There still you can say, well, you know what? I remember when I hit the altar the first time and I confessed Christ and that life of Christ is still in me. I ain't sure what it's doing right now, but it's still in me. Amen. So your healing has already been secured. Your only job is to receive it. And you receive it by faith. You don't need any signs. You don't need any feelings. You don't need any anything. Now, faith really is an inner witness. When you have faith in your heart for something, you can't help but speak it out. Amen. Once the Lord has spoken, the Bible says, who can help but speak it? So what comes out of your mouth generally is what's in your heart, unless you are the type of person that likes to diddle around with your brain too much, you know. You know how some people just don't like like being honest? Try to fix things up all the time. Don't do that to yourself. Let your heart express out of your mouth what you really believe. Amen. So in trusting his word, it, it's a good thing to, to believe you receive it when you pray. According to Matthew 11, if you'll turn there, is it oh, Mark 11? Sorry about that. Mark 11. This is how you receive it. So you believe he's a good God. You believe he'll give you what you desire. And then you pray and believe you receive it when you pray. So this is Jesus when he cursed the fig tree in verse 22. He said, have faith in God, not yourself. Not, quote, unquote, the word. And how much scripture you can spit out of your mouth real fast. But have faith in God. And you have to judge God faithful 
to give you what you desire. Now, if you're wondering if, well, if I believe I receive when I pray and, and I've already confessed the word and how do I know God's going to do it for me? Well, that's what you're believing. You must believe it will come to pass. You can't sit there and doubt and wonder in the middle of your confessing. Am I confessing enough? Am I doing it? No, he's going to bring it to pass. I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth and he will bring it to pass. So mostly, most of your confessing and your believing has to focus back on God's goodness again. He wouldn't let you believe you receive something when you pray and then not give it to you. Well, I, I don't know if he'll say, nope, you got to stop that. You have to stop the doubt. That's your job. Your job is to guard over your heart. You know, in Proverbs 4, 20 and 22, at 23, it says, guard your heart with all diligence. Because out of it comes everything that you get in your life. Everything that you get issues out of your heart. So that's why you guard it diligently. I mean, don't let anything come in there. No, I'm not going to believe that. God is a good God. And I'm going to receive. It's going to come to pass just like I prayed it. Now, I believe I received it when I prayed and it will happen. And so Jesus says, if you believe that you receive it when you pray and not doubt in your heart and believe that it will come to pass, you can have whatsoever you say. So that's why once you pray the prayer of faith for yourself, for your healing, and you receive it in your heart, you don't start wondering why you still have symptoms. You don't start wondering when it's going to happen. You have to fight yourself to believe it will happen because God said it will happen. See, when you can take you out, And let it rest on what God says. What did he tell you? He said, if I believe and not doubt in my heart, but believe it will come to pass, I can have it. So you have to spend most of your time believing it will come to pass. God, I believe this is going to happen. I know it's going to happen. I trust you to bring it into my life. I trust you to make it happen, God. It will happen, Lord. I don't doubt my heart that it will happen. I received it when I prayed and I'm healed. I received it when prayed and I have that promotion. I received it when I prayed and I have your blessing on everything in my life. I believe I received it when I prayed and I have it. And it's not up to me to confess it enough to get it here. It's up to me to believe you'll give it to me. So you're right back trusting that he's a good God. What kind of God would have you to have write all this down and tell you believe it and have you confess the word and then not do it. It's up to him to bring it to you. And it's, it's up to you to keep pick, quit picking at it and wondering when. Huh? My older sister, I love her dearly, but she can't cook. Don't tell her. She was just here yesterday, but everybody knows it. What what does she bring to the buffet pop? Just bring the pop. We good. Just bring the pop. But I watched her cook one time and almost passed out. I just was, I hyperventilated and I just, the room started to spin. 
she she had something in the oven and looked at it every like 10 minutes and then started cutting off of it and picking It's almost as a night, because you've been looking at it more than it's been cooking. And then I remember something. I think I know I was meditating with the Lord about it. He said, well, people need to understand that they don't cook. The stove cooks. You ain't cook nothing. So if you leave it alone and let the stove do what it's supposed to do. Am I right, Poppy? See? (laughs) But see, that's the way some of us are about the things we ask God for. Win, 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 win. It's too long, too long, too long, too long. No, you just need to slap yourself around the room a couple times and said, I believe he will bring it to pass. And start getting yourself settled in. You can't dictate any more than that. See, once you believe he'll do it, it's a done deal. Because, see, you've disqualified yourself from earning it. You disqualified yourself from having to confess enough to make it happen. You've disqualified yourself, period, from messing it up, which is really the fear that we all have. See, we think somehow God put that scripture in there and we've done it to the best of our ability and it still ain't good enough. You have to learn how to leave stuff alone. What do you do in the meantime? What do you do? There's a lot you can do. The Bible said, blessed is the man or woman that worships God, that serves God. Try putting him first. Get up one morning and say, God, instead of my normal routine, I will put you first in all things. Show me how to put you first. Once you get your little busy fingers busy in that, then you won't be trying to manipulate him with your confession. Huh? All your long doing this and long doing that. Many times we use principles that are word principles, but in the wrong place. You know, I remember when we were first starting in ministry, and and a lot of the women were afraid, you know, it's, oh, I can't leave my kids. And, you know, well, God started telling us. (laughs) <laughs> Amen, Miss Nola said. What do you tell us, Miss Nola? If you take care of my business, I'll take care of yours. Amen. He always found sitters for the women that had small children, and we could go on our conferences, and they were well taken care of, all that kind of stuff. But you just can't grab that principle and start working it outside of the revelation and the peace of God. Because then, you see, at some point, you're going to put yourself into works again. You're trying to do something to motivate God to bless you for something you say you believe you received already, you know. And so this is the thing we have to do, Father. You, We have to keep ourselves in the mindset where we have peace all the time with God. 
Once your peace is disturbed, your only job is to try and grab that peace back. See, you don't go off and try to find out something else you need to do to make God do this for you. Huh? But what you're doing is you're bringing yourself back into peace. I believe I received it when I prayed. And God will bring it to pass. Because he loves me and he's a good God. And then you start to exalt the Lord. And then you've obeyed the commandment to worship him. You obey the commandment to lift him up. When your mind is troubled, you just begin to exalt the Lord over your trouble. You know, negative words do have power. They they affect a lot of people. Look at all them people running in the streets now burning up and killing stuff. So you can't tell me the negative, but God is all powerful. He has his word that he can superimpose it on top of any angry word, any kind of condemning word, any kind of critical word, any kind of word that will tell you you're not worthy. His word will come and sit on top of that and drive it out. That's why we feed on the word until the manifestation of it totally comes in the natural, if you want to say it that way. But it will come to pass. That scripture that you read, it says, by his stripes I am healed. It will come to pass if you don't doubt. So your biggest job is not so much to keep confessing the word so much or trying to find out what you did wrong. You don't want to know and you know you don't want to know. Because if God told you, said, Satan, I rebuke you. Huh? So don't even come at him like that. Oh, religious stuff. I wonder what I could be missing. A lot. But your job is to keep yourself in perfect peace. Just continue to focus on his goodness. Once you really start getting that burned in you, God, you wouldn't tell me standing here believing you and trusting you all these years for something and quit on me at this point in my life. You understand what I'm saying? You're a good God and you're mercy and you're a merciful God, which means if I miss it somewhere, you forgive me and it's all good again. And we start all over again. So if you have to do that 24 times a day, you do it 24 times a day. But you keep yourself in perfect peace about it, because if you've received your healing when you prayed, he will come for that word. He will manifest that word. Just keep feeding your, your, your spirit healing. Keep feeding yourself the word. Don't let your mind wander off the word. Once you get started down that road, it's not that hard to pull yourself back in. You know, the devil will think of a symptom overnight. You're sleeping peacefully. And in the morning, you get up and stick your foot out. And you say, well, what on, in the earth is that? Huh? Just something else. He didn't cook something else from hell. He's cooked up from you. But you have authority over all the works of darkness. So you take your authority or consider not. Just don't pay any attention to it. Father, I thank you I'm healed. You know the devil hates that. Now he likes it if you can sit up and talk to stuff all day long. You need to talk to it one time, get it over with. But there are many things we don't even consider. That's how we stayed healed in the past before we even knew the Lord. You know, 
I'd, I'd have we've we've had people in the family, you know, men to cut themselves doing different things. And, oh, that ain't nothing. And pretty soon it wasn't nothing. You know what I'm saying? Because it's it's the way you view it. And so God wants us to view that he's a good God. God is a good God. God is a good God. God is a good God and his mercy endures forever. And a good God will not disappoint his children who put their trust in him. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding. We thank you that you are a good God and your mercy endures forever. Thank you, Father, that you are so gracious to us, so understanding. You're a great high priest, Jesus. You've been through everything we go through and you came out victorious. But you got that victory for us. That you are our victory, and we share in that. We thank you for that, Father. We bless you and we praise you. I thank you, Father, that everybody here is healed. I curse fear in Jesus' name. Fear, you have no authority here. You have no authority in God's kingdom. You get out of here in the name of Jesus. Take all your lying symptoms with you. Take your threats with you. Take everything with you that you brought. And we thank you, Lord, for health, wholeness, and healing. That your blood covers every soul here. Everybody in our households, Father. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your precious blood. Thank you, Lord, for your holy work on the cross. That enables us to receive everything that we need by faith. Trusting you. Because you are a good God. And I thank you, Lord, that this COVID-Rona thing must pass us by. She don't have us and we don't have her. Amen. Say it. Rona don't have me and I don't have her. She can't have me and I can't have her. In Jesus' name. The blood won't let it stick to you. Amen. Amen. The blood covers you so Rona got to flee. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. So be it. It is decreed in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Praise God.